0: The words forgiveness and mercy sound simple. They are small but yet powerful words. And what is required of us concerning these words? I mean they sound great, but do they really work? Well, we're gonna talk about it today and so much more. Stay with me. Hey friend, welcome to the Shattered in the Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, No matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So, let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Well, hello, welcome back to the show. This is Jeannie Smith. Today, I want to just speak briefly on mercy and forgiveness and how the two of those words go hand in hand. There is no greater way that we can mirror God, Jesus, his son, himself, who died on the cross for you and I, than to extend mercy and forgiveness. And mercy comes first, right? Like, in order for us to truly walk in forgiveness, we have to learn. To extend mercy. These two things meet on the cross, they kiss, and it mirrors the character of God. For God to send His only Son here to be sacrificed for you and I was an extraordinary picture of sacrifice and love, unconditional love. And so there is no greater way that we can love one another, love God, than to extend. The same. So, we're given two great commandments, right? To love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, energy, and soul, and strength, and to love our neighbors. Part of that love is learning how to extend mercy and forgiveness for one another. So, as always, we are going to turn to the Word of God, and we're going to look at a couple of scriptures. And the first one that I want to look at today is Psalms 139.22. Now, this is King David speaking and he says, I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. David is not taking a neutral position here in this passage. He is very clear in his statement. I mean, crystal clear. There is a sense that with his whole heart he hates wickedness. Perfect hatred indicates a sinless hatred which would be appropriate concerning things that come against the truth and righteousness of God, right? But he is declaring that he does not approve of the behavior of the wicked, and rightly so, neither does God. So he's showing perfect alignment here with God. He also makes it very personal. It's a personal matter here when he states, I count them my enemies. David counted them his personal enemies because they were enemies also of God. And he was proclaiming this, I do not wish to be associated with them or to be regarded as one of them. He is drawing a clear distinction between good and evil. And I think that we could look upon every situation in this life and we could do the same thing. We could draw a clear distinction between good and evil. We could ask this question, where is Jesus in this situation? We also know that with a whole heart in this passage, David loved and he loved the goodness of the Lord. We know David as the man after God's own heart. So we know that he loved the Lord. So we are commanded to love our enemies as well. That is difficult, isn't it, at times? Because we are human. And the very thing that rises up out of us is what? Anger. We want to be vindictive this is our flesh our flesh responding it's very hard to love our enemies but it requires two things in order to love our enemies which we are commanded to do because here's what it says in Matthew 5:44 but i say to you love your enemies and pray pray for those that persecute you so in order for us to love our enemies we have to extend mercy and forgiveness. Sin is hated by all who fear the Lord. Yet while we avoid those who partake in evil, even on a daily basis, we should also pray for them. God loves all people, and through his perfect plan, Jesus Christ, all people can be saved. Okay, I want to look at Micah 6, 8. Now, the entire book of Micah, which is a short book, The whole theme of it is mercy. It says in Micah 6, 8, mankind, he has told each of you what is good and what is the Lord requiring of you. So the Lord has told us what is good and evil. He does that throughout the entire Bible and he's told us what is good, right? And what does he require of us now that he's told us these things to act justly? This is what Micah 6, 8 says to act justly. To love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. Now, if we are to love mercy, then we must also love forgiveness. And we must extend mercy and forgiveness even to those who are not sorry for what they have done. Because why? We are told to pray. We're told to love and pray for our enemies. Now, I want to go a little bit deeper into these words, mercy and forgiveness. Okay, if we were to define mercy, it is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm them. Mercy is also an attitude. It's an attitude that moves us to act on behalf of the unfortunate. This, in this case, could be someone who... We may feel like really doesn't deserve our forgiveness and mercy, but guess what? Neither did we, but yet Jesus died on the cross. He was full of compassion and mercy for you and I. However, this mercy, this extension of mercy is expressed in God's pardon of human sin and by his divine quality of mercy, God remains faithful to his covenant promises and his relationship with his people, his children, that's you and I, despite unworthiness, because what is Romans 3, 23 says that we all fall short of the glory of God. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we're not really worthy of this forgiveness. However, God in his great love for us and his compassion and mercy for us says Because of what my son has done on the cross, yes, you are. You are worthy and you are loved. So what I'm saying to you, friends, is that God in his mercy and his love, he withholds punishment from sinners, even though they deserve it. But in your great mercy, you did not destroy them completely or abandon them forever. What a gracious and merciful God you are. That's Nehemiah 9.31. God reveals himself as mercy all throughout the Bible. Again, the Lord, in Exodus 34, 6-7, through 7, he reveals himself to Moses. And he emphasizes in his word, the Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfairness. Unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to be a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. So, because he is a sinless God, he cannot excuse the guilty. However, if the guilty repent because of his mercy and his forgiveness, they are forgiven. This is the perfect picture of the cross available for all people. So, we've talked a lot about God's love and his mercy and forgiveness. I think we have a good understanding of that. How do we give that to other people? So, we all know we're supposed to forgive one another, but it's a lot easier said than done. And sometimes when we forgive others, we still hurt, we still feel hurt or some sort of relational conflict. Remains unresolved. Is I forgive you just a phrase that we utter for the sake of appearances? Or does it really benefit us? So if we don't forgive, we are denying why Jesus died for us. It's not hurting the other people. It is hurting us. So I want to give just a couple examples today and what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Author Lewis Smead says in his book, Forgive and Forget, you can never forgive people for things you have forgotten about. You need to forgive precisely because you have not forgotten. Forgetting, in fact, may be a dangerous way to escape the inner healing of the heart that we call forgiving. Now, we are told that God forgives our sins as far as the east is from the west. But we are not God, friends. So how do we know when a particular act crosses a line and requires forgiveness? Your own reaction is the best clue. If we are tormented or consumed by feelings that we can't seem to shake, if we obsess over something that has happened, whether it's a small thing or a large thing, then forgiveness is called for. Now, we do not have to sit down with the offender or the person that causes hurt and pain and have reconciliation in order for us to forgive because we have to understand that forgiveness is between us and the person. Now, if I done something against someone, then yes, I need to go to that person and I need to ask their forgiveness. But if someone has done something towards me, and I'm, I'm speaking of right now in this moment, something unintentionally, They don't even know that they've hurt me. So this is about what I'm going through in my heart. And that's why we're speaking right here in this moment about something that is unintentional. Then I have to work that out with the Lord, right? I have to give forgiveness so I can get my heart clean, so I can get right with the Lord. Because the enemy wants us to, he will do anything he can to keep us in a place of unforgiveness bitterness, because he knows that these things are the opposite of mercy and forgiveness. They're the opposite of Christ and what Jesus did on the cross for us. And so, of course, he is the father of lies, the father of offense. He's always trying to cause division. So how you conquer that is through mercy and love, mercy, love, and forgiveness. Now, in order for us to work through forgiveness and extend mercy, we have to understand In the situation, okay, was this intentional or was it unintentional? If it is unintentional, maybe you just misunderstood a situation or misunderstood a comment. And so we can have a conversation with the Lord and maybe have a conversation with the person. But forgiveness, if it's intentional now, forgiveness is reserved for these deep, deep hurts. Now, I love to teach on forgiveness and a tool that I use very very frequently, is writings from Benita Hampton Wright. And she determines some things about forgiveness in her writing. She says that forgiveness isn't making allowances. Forgiveness isn't forgetting. Forgiveness isn't an open door for more wrongdoing. What do I mean by that? Well, an example of that would be if someone is harming you, let's say even physically harming you, does it mean that this person can continue to do this to you over and over? No, that is not what it means. Forgiveness also isn't resolution. So sometimes we're not able to work it out. You know, sometimes we're not able to see reconciliation come to life because with reconciliation, things have to be agreed upon. Of course, we want reconciliation because that mirrors Christ as well. But sometimes we don't get to that point. So because you cannot enter into reconciliation, now this one's huge. If you cannot enter into reconciliation with a person because the opportunity is not there, you're not able to get to that person, maybe that person is not even living anymore, or that person just not will agree upon the sorrow or the pain and suffering that they caused you. So reconciliation doesn't exist in this situation. In that case, can we still forgive? Yes, we can. Because while one person can choose to forgive, it takes two people to reconcile. But this first is about you and God. It's about you getting your heart clean before the Lord. So even if that person is not willing to reconcile and agree upon what's happened, you can still forgive them. A relationship can't be restored if the wrongdoer makes excuses for themselves or tries to trivialize or minimize the pain that they have caused you. But you can still choose to forgive because here is what forgiveness is it's a choice, it's a choice, not an emotion. And so many times when I am counseling with individuals. They feel like they're not moving into forgiveness. The key word is their feel because they are not feeling. Well, I'm just too angry at this person still, or I just, I don't, I don't feel this forgiveness because there's still so many unresolved emotions there, but that does not mean that you are not forgiving because forgiving is a choice, not an emotion. And we can't live out of an emotional state. We have to live out of truth. And so we can declare with our words I forgive this person even though we don't feel it because it's not the other way around. Like we don't feel the forgiveness. We don't feel free from this. And then the truth of that follows is the other way around. We declare that forgiveness and we speak the truth of that forgiveness. And then as we do that, the feelings follow. So an example of that may be Lord, Lord, I forgive my father for, dot, dot, dot. I don't feel forgiveness, Lord. And I'm very upset about this. I'm very angry about this. But I choose to forgive my father for, dot, dot, dot. Remember, our words have power. And forgiveness is breaking the power that this pain and anger and hatred has towards you. Your emotions will follow your choice. That's why it's a choice, not an emotion. Now, here is why this is so extremely important. Because, especially as women, you know, we're hormonal, right? And so, all it takes is for a shift in hormones or something to be a little off, chemically, and we can just feel at odds with life. So that's why we can't be led by emotions. We have to be led by truth. But here's the deal. When we choose to forgive, this is a great quote by Vanita Hampton Wright. When we choose to forgive, God sends the grace to do the healing. She goes on to say, when a person wrongs me, it's in my power to forgive. And I can forgive whether or not that person ever acknowledges what they did to me, or even feel sorry about it, or changes their ways. My forgiveness not only expresses the power I have, it breaks the power of the wrongdoer over me. When I've worked through the hurt and the anger and made the choice to forgive, I'm saying in essence, I release you from your guilt in relation to me. I will no longer be manipulated by the memory of this or the emotions that it evokes. So, is the enemy attacking us in the area of emotion? Yes, friends. It is an emotional-driven world. We make decisions out of emotion instead of making decisions out of truth. So, I mentioned inner healing earlier, and that is what forgiveness is. There's an inner healing that has taken place when we choose to forgive, and so that's a process, Either a wound heals or it gets infected and it spreads like poison all over the body. Wounds take time to heal. Physically speaking, wounds take time to heal. I'm speaking spiritually as well. Forgiveness makes it possible for our wounds to heal. We have to first choose to forgive. God sends the grace for the healing and then we begin to heal. And it's okay if you still feel hurt, because it's a process. The word is process. God will bring the grace and the healing. We have to consistently choose to forgive. We can be hurt every day, really, truly. Like if we're an oversensitive person, very tender, there can be something that happens every day that offends us. I mean, we need to be, you know, not the person walking around offended all the time about every little thing. Or else we're going to be doing a whole lot of forgiveness. (laughs) And if that's you, then so be it. Because Jesus tells us in our word to forgive over and over and over again. Because it's about keeping your heart clean. So, as we end this episode today, I want to do a little housekeeping. I want you to investigate your heart. I want you to write down in your journal. Is there anything that you're struggling with? Is there any kind of offense that you're working through? Is there anything someone has done to hurt you, whether it's intentionally or unintentional? Is there anything that, you know, you've just got your feelings hurt and you need to work through it? Or there could be something that has caused deep, deep pain and you need to extend today, begin today to extend that mercy and that forgiveness. I want you to just write it down and I want you to speak it out. Declare it with your words because again, words have power and I want you to write these words. I choose today to forgive dot, dot, dot. You fill in the blank and maybe there's more than one person. That's okay. Write it all down, but this is who you choose to forgive and this is why I will no longer allow this person or these circumstances to have power over me or manipulate me and my emotions any more. Walk in freedom, friends. Love mercy. Forgiveness is one act, one beautiful act that we can perform and extend that mirrors the character of a God. And when we extend this grace and this mercy and this forgiveness to another human being, we are acting as God's conduit to a wounded world. Hmm. Another quote from Vanita Hampton, Wright: When we forgive, we stop evil cold and we give a sinner like ourselves another chance and we free ourselves to live and grow in the bountiful grace of God. Gosh, I can recall many times that the Lord has called upon me to forgive someone. One that I am recalling right now is my earthly father. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, Jeannie, extend my grace and mercy to him now or he may never know it. And the word there was now. And it saddened me. It saddened me to think that because I had the power to extend God's grace and mercy, just like Vanita is talking about right here in this quote, I lived it. Because God was calling upon me to be a conduit To extend that grace and mercy through me. Because see, there was a separation between my earthly father and the heavenly father. So he couldn't understand that grace and mercy and forgiveness at that time. But what he could understand is me, his earthly daughter, extending that grace and that mercy and that forgiveness to him. So I was becoming a conduit to extend it to him. And that's why the Lord spoke to me and said, extend it now or he may never understand, fully grasp and understand my grace and my mercy and my forgiveness. But as I did in that moment, obey God and extended that grace and that mercy and that forgiveness, he did come to understand it. And I became a conduit, a very vessel being used by the Lord that mirrored his character. Friends, Don't delay in doing this today because not only, as she says, does it free that person, but it frees you so that you can grow in the bountiful grace of God. So, friends, do this exercise. It's important. Go and be blessed. And search God's Word. He has so much to say about forgiveness because I don't know what your situation is, but He does. Dive in deep into His Word, learn His character, understand His mercy. And his forgiveness. And let these two words become a tool of freedom and light in which you live from. So, do these words work? Yes, they do. Friends, I love you bunches. I hope you have a wonderful week. And remember, live life abundantly. If you like mommy's show, leave a review. Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review. And subscribe to the Shattered in the Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered in the Beautiful private Facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. You can reach me at geniescottsmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way.